The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. In the first half of this sermon that we're posting today, we began looking at fornication and how we should mortify it in our members. That word mortify simply means to murder or put to death. Clearly, fornication is a big problem today. It's promoted everywhere, from television to movies to the ads that pop up on our phones. We've begun dealing with what fornication is and what God thinks about it, and we're moving on into how to deal with it in our own lives. Join us today as we deal with the topic of fornication and how to mortify it in our members. But first, we have a song selection we hope you enjoy. Stay tuned after the song for the message continuing in this series on mortifying your members. My
What do we see today? Fornication is promoted everywhere today. You don't even have to go looking for it, child of God. It'll pop up on your phone. You'll get emails. I got a text message sometime back from somebody that wanted to chat, <laughs> you know? And I'm telling you, it's out there. You don't have to go looking for it. And it is out there all around us. And just like it was in the days of Paul and into this culture marched Paul with his revolutionary pronouncement that all fornication is sin. You see, we cannot pick and choose which sexual sins we condemn, child of God. And I want to say emphasizing one sin of that type above another is sin itself. Now, what, I'm, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, I'm, I'm going to get to that because you know one of the sins I'm going to talk about in a moment is homosexuality because it's rampant today. But listen, the boys will be boys mentality. The idea, well, they've just got to sow their wild oats. You know, they've got to... There's nothing wrong with that. Adultery tolerated in our, in our film world, our movies, and all across the, the TVs. Sexual promiscuity lauded. Listen, God condemns all of it. So what about homosexuality? What about the homosexual movement today? Well, listen, beloved. In the eyes of God, it is no different than adultery. It is purely and simply, it's not a separate category to itself. It's a subcategory under fornication, you see? See, the problem is fornication, okay? And in the eyes of God, you have adultery. You have other types of sexual promiscuity. You have, uh, you have homosexuality. Now, we're going to talk about it in a moment because that's the one that's in our face and it's something we need to stand against. But understand as a general proposition that there is no difference in the sight of God. You turn, turn over to Jude sometime and read in the seventh verse about Jude's pronouncement about Sodom. We know what was going on in Sodom, right? That's where the term sodomite comes from. That's where the term sodomy comes from. But Jude says in Sodom and Gomorrah and those cities about them, it says they gave themselves over to fornication. Not some particular subset, you see, but to fornication and going after strange flesh. You see, my point is this, is that, that calling it anything different is wrong. Now, now, don't get me wrong. We're, we're going to talk about it because we must condemn flagrant sexual sin. And now I want to talk about that. But, but just remember that it's not some separate category. It's all under the banner of fornication. So now, why do we single out any particular sin? Well, beloved, when it is flaunted in our faces in our culture, we must stand against it. Okay? Now, we must stand against all of it. But remember this, the problem in Sodom was not just that there were some people down there who were homosexual, okay? That wasn't the problem in Sodom. The problem in Sodom, is, you, can, you can read it over in Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 9. This is really the real problem in Sodom. Uh, now, this is God through Isaiah uh, calling the Israelites to account. Not, he's, he's comparing them to Sodom, and he says... The show of their countenance, that's God's people now, the show of these Israelites, the show of their countenance doth witness against them, and they declare their sin as Sodom, they hide it not. Now, when some of us were growing up, homosexuality was kind of a hidden thing. It was kind of quiet. 
It wasn't very well known. Today, it's declared. And that means people are proud of it. In fact, that's the whole movement is called pride, right? Pride. That's an apt description, child of God. You know what God says he hates? You know what tops the list of the things that God says he hates? Over in Proverbs chapter 6, turn and read it sometime. He said seven things God hates. The very first one is a proud look. A proud look. You want to you get on the bad side of God? <laughs> Just get prideful. Get prideful. I find it very ironic. Very ironic that the gay pride movement is what's out there, you see. Because God says the problem in Sodom was they were declaring it. See, the problem wasn't that there were some homosexual people down there. The problem was that was the, that was the rule of the day. It was the public policy. It was, it was rampant, and they were proud of it. There was no shame. And let me say this too, child of God. There are those today who promote open sin, and not just that particular sin, but the transgender movement, and they're, they're corrupting our children in many ways, trying to convince them that, uh, uh, that they were, are not the gender that they were born with. Those that promote open sin, child of God, are worse than those who are overtaken by it. You know what Jesus said in Luke chapter 17 and verse 1? Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible but that offenses shall come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. I've talked to educators here in Pickens County, and you would be amazed at how rampant this ideology that there's more than one, more than two genders, that there's multiple genders and that you can, uh, you know, identify something uh, other than the biological gender you were born with. You would be amazed at how rampant that is even here in Pickens County, in Gordo, in Gordo, rural America, you see. And there are those promoting this agenda. I believe they fall into the category here that Jesus was talking about. That word offend, it's the Greek word scandalizo, or what we would call scandalize today. And it literally means to trip up or to entrap or to entice to sin. Many today recruit to the homosexual or transgender lifestyle. I say woe to them. Woe to them as Jesus did. You see, beloved, gender, let me, just, let me just take a little side trip right here just to make sure we're all on the same page. I think we are, but I want to make sure. Again, I'm the watchman on the wall this morning. I'm trying to cry out the warning. Gender is a fact. It is not fluid. It's not something you choose. It's not an identity you choose. You go back sometime and read about the creation. After the whole list of everything he did on each day, he comes down to the very end of the chapter there, Genesis chapter 1. And in verse 27, he kind of sums it up. And he says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. There wasn't any alphabet list going on there. Uh, God didn't stutter. <laughs> God didn't equivocate. Male and female. And by the way, Jesus himself also dispelled that 
idea of all the homosexual lifestyle and the transgenderism out there today. Just turn with me over to Matthew chapter 19. We'll just look at that for a minute. Because I can stand up here all day and give you my opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> I want to read it from the Word of God. In Matthew chapter 19, that uh, beginning in verse 3, the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? As he, they're approaching the breakup of the home here and problems within the home. And by the way, that's where a lot of this trouble comes from. It comes from the home. I'm not talking about just divorce. I'm talking about the lack of teaching within the homes. And here's what he said. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? I believe what God made is good enough, don't you? <laughs> I believe what God made is perfect. He made them male and female and said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. One flesh. Notice that it was male and female that he joined, not male and male, and not female and female. Gender is a fact that was created by God. Now, I want to talk about homosexuality and that agenda for a minute. And I'm, again, I, as I've asked you to pray for me this morning, this is not a comfortable topic to talk about, but it is necessary to be talked about. You see, even though homosexuality is, is just really a subset or a subcategory of fornication, okay, even though it's just a subcategory of fornication, it is nonetheless the end of a long line of de degradation in moral principles. Turn with me over to Leviticus chapter 20. You see, there are many sins that are all equal in the sight of God. You know, lying and murder are no different in God's sight when it comes to whether, how he condemns them. And yet there are greater consequences to murder here in this life than there are of lying, correct? I mean, there's a lot, a lot of sins that you can get away with, if you will, as far as consequences go. And the consequences are not as severe, but there are many sins that the consequences ultimately are devastating. Look at Leviticus chapter 20, and we're going to begin reading in verse 10. Now this is the law, I understand, this is the law, and we're not talking about going back under law service, but this describes to us sort of the, the way God looks at these sexual sins. And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. That's how bad God hates adultery, okay? And notice as he continues here, talking about that's, that's adultery, okay? And maybe some people today might say, well, that's not so bad, but we're going to come back to that in a minute. It is so bad. <laughs> but notice here as, as we keep going down the, down the ladder, getting lower and lower. And the man that lieth with his father's wife hath uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them, and if a man lie with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have wrought confusion. Their blood shall be upon them. Now he's talking about uh, sort of what we would call perverted uh, intimate relations. Uh, man and his mother and mother-in-law and daughter-in-law within the family, incest. 
Okay, that's a step down from adultery, right? Now look at verse 13. If a man lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. See, as we go down the list of the degradation, it gets worse. You see, it starts out with adultery, then it becomes incest. Now it's homosexuality. Now look as you continue on down, verse 14. If a man take a wife and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burnt with fire, both he and they, that there be no wickedness among you. Now it's spreading out. It's multiple partners. And, and you know, we're hearing that today, aren't we? That you can be married to two or three people at the same time. I've heard terms that I never heard before. I'm not even going to repeat them here because I, I don't know if I'd get them right if I did. But they're talking about a man wear, uh, marrying several women and a woman marrying several men. And, you know, they're making, they make a whole series about it on some of these channels. Something about seeking sister wife. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. But notice what he's saying here, verse 14. Now look at verse 15. It gets worse. And if a man lie with a beast... He shall surely be put to death. And you shall slay the beast. And if a woman approach unto any beast and lie down there too, thou shalt kill the woman and the beast. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And he goes on down to talk about all the wicked things. If a man takes his sister, his, his, his father's daughter, his mother's daughter, and he goes on down through here, basically... We're getting to a place where anything goes. Child of God, are we almost at that place today in our culture? Notice the progression of those sins. You see, what happened in Sodom was they began to be proud of their lifestyle. And they began to promote it. And it became the law of the land. And ultimately, ultimately... God judged that. Sodom experienced the end of this long line of degradation. Now, remember though, before we get away from this, remember, as I said to start with, homosexuality is, is, is simply fornication. Homosexuality is nothing more or less than fornication. And here's my point. Don't tell me you oppose homosexuality when you make statements like boys will be boys or we're just going to have to let them sow their wild oats. It's no big deal. Don't tell me you oppose homosexuality when you tolerate cohabitation. Okay? Don't tell me that you oppose homosexuality when you dismiss heterosexual adultery, you, you, extramarital intimacy, and, and you're okay with that, and, and you're enjoying that, as we see. You see, how do you, how do you think we got here in the first place? How do you think we got to this point? We didn't go from, uh, uh, from chastity and standards within our TV and our movies one day, and they just turned them off the next day, and now you see all kinds of... of advertisements that include same-sex couples and all that. It didn't happen like that. It was a long line. There was a revolution back in the 60s and even before that, but there was a change. It was a slow, steady loosening of the moral standards of society. And God calls it all defiled. You see, we didn't get here overnight. 
We got here by getting away from the standards of God's word. And that's where we are today. Well, I got a lot more to say, Lord being my helper, about this topic. Hopefully, in one more sermon, we'll be able to do it because I can, I'll confess to you up front, I am not comfortable generally speaking of these things in public, but I believe they're necessary for us, as I've said. But I'm going to wrap it up here this morning because we're going to talk about what fornication does in our spirit and our bodies. And then we're going to talk about how fornication can be mortified. But I want to have plenty of time to do that. So let's just, let's just close it out this morning in this way. Remember this, child of God, especially you young folks. Sexual intimacy, as God has prescribed it, is a very precious thing. God is not trying to keep you from something that is good. He is trying to keep that which he has declared to be good for you, you see. And if we will do it God's way, if we will follow God's prescribed path, then we will experience the blessings that God intends for us to experience. And remember this, young folks, middle-aged folks, older folks, I don't care where you are in life. You say, preacher, I've messed up. Preacher, I've experienced some of these things that I shouldn't have. You remember what we said earlier? Every saint has a past, but every sinner has a future. Are you a sinner here this morning? If you are, you got a future. God didn't say, oh, well, you messed up. I'm done with you. No, he just said, okay, I get it. And guess what? I paid for those sins. Now I want you to do it the way I say do it. Now I want you to follow the path that I prescribed, and the blessings will be unbounded that we can experience. See, we, we serve the God that exchanges beauty for ashes. Have you made ashes of your life? Exchange that for the beauty that you find in the kingdom of God. God will bless you for doing that. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.